When Celebrity Cruises introduced Celebrity Edge, the first Edge-class ship, they promised to give us something we'd never seen before with Eden. What did Celebrity deliver? A bar? A restaurant? A show? A surprise? I'm Rick Ross. And I'm Billy Hirsch. We're exploring Eden on this episode of the Cruise Habit Podcast. You're about to set sail on the Cruise Habit Podcast, an audio voyage through the world of ships, ports, and beyond. Welcome aboard. Before we get started talking about Eden on Celebrity Edge, it's important to note that when Rick and I were uh, discussing how we were going to talk about the experience, the bar, the the dining room, uh, all these different elements in Eden, we thought, wow, that, that comes together in, in kind of a weird way. Is it, are we going to talk about this as we discuss all the bars on Celebrity Edge, all the restaurants? But there's so much to Eden that we thought it's probably best to dedicate an entire episode uh, of the podcast just to Eden. And, and we loved it, so we're happy to talk about it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to try really hard to stay on topic because if you want to hear about Celebrity Edge in general, well, great news. You can check out episode nine of the podcast uh, where we discuss Edge and the Celebrity Edge live blog. And we'll have notes to both of those uh, or links to both of those in the show notes. So with that in mind, uh, I think, uh, Rick, let's dive right in. And uh, you want to start talking about entertainment? Yeah, the way that the entertainment is broken down in, in uh, Eden is there are two shows. Uh, one is called Eve at Eden, uh, and the other is called Revolution Eden. And shows really is not the right term. It's more of an audience experience with a participation element. Um, and... Yeah, well, I guess we'll just dive into who who are the people. Yes, yeah. So who are the people you're going to meet when you're in Eden? There are our costumed characters uh, walking around. And um, so there's... The reason I don't know this person's name is very few people's names get said because there's not really dialogue. Um, but some characters might introduce themselves to you. The first three... Do not speak. So I never got to hear their names unless someone else referred to them. So the first one is start. Something starts with an O. Maybe it's Orion. Um, he's a guy who dresses in all black. Uh, Helia, she's the sun goddess. Uh, Luna is the goddess of the moon. Uh, we have either uh, we have Geo and either Lara or Terra, and they are the lovers. Uh, then we've got some. Uh, I, I don't know if they're fairies, maybe. They're the, the kind of common creatures of the Eden uh, realm. Uh, and that would be Bloom, Koi, and I don't know whether that's Koi, C-O-Y, like being Koi, or if it's Koi like the fish. Uh, Flit, Loy, Wit, Zoom, and then Bloom at one point returns as the serpent character. And then there are two other characters who I didn't talk to or interact with, so I didn't get uh, their names. Uh, the other thing to know about your name when you're in Eden is your name is accompanied by a hand gesture. Uh, and as I, I'm a graduate of the University of South Florida, I did the Go Bulls hand gesture. And I, I, I don't know. If, this, if you say do a hand gesture, that's the first thing I'm going to do. <laughs> Uh, it's it's far more polite than me. I was going to say, that's the second uh, hand gesture I'm going to do, but it's the one that I'm allowed in public. Uh, Billy, what was your hand gesture? <laughs> I believe mine was bestowed upon me <laughs> but... by by people I, I think I call friends, mm. uh, Rick. Uh, yeah. it, the uh, Someone drinking out of a rocks glass. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. That was yeah. right. so, so I I know as as we discuss these these characters as you you kind of went over the the list of, of these uh, I want to make sure it, this is such a tricky thing to describe this is one of those reasons we're dedicating a whole podcast to it right is that as Rick mentioned there's no introduction necessarily to these characters you just start it, this this is a show that happens to you yeah yeah that's a great way to say <laughs> it yeah so so your experience uh, in Eden may be different than ours depending on how you react to the show happening to you. Mm -hmm. So uh, so whether it's about the the different characters and the roles they play and their names or anything else that we talk about, um, we'd love to hear, you know, how your experience maybe differs too. Yeah, I mean, if, for sure, other people in the room were just sitting observing. 
some people were going up on stage uh as much as you could call that kind of performance platform a stage but i guess sure. that was the the yeah. one of the f- main focal point mm-hmm. um and then there were some things going on that were ju- just the entertainers just the the cast um at some point someone and i forget who it was told me oh well the storyline is that this o character the guy who wears all black he is like the central god and he created both luna the goddess of the moon and uh, Helia, the goddess of the sun. And then there are also these creatures uh, around and that uh, at some point Bloom becomes the serpent and tries to take the lover Lara or Tara away from Geo and Geo has to get her back. For those of you following along at home, (laughs) (laughs) you know, uh, a way that I I think I can, uh, certainly oversimplify, but simplify this a little bit, is to say that the the O character and uh, Luna and several of the others are, um, they are, we'll say more grounded. Like they they kind of seem to be almost in charge. Yeah. And then yes. the, the fairy kind of sort of characters, um, very much like uh, if you're familiar with uh, Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Um, they are that's that's Shakespeare's a Midsummer Night's Dream. For yeah, those sorry. who aren't in theater and use theater shorthand. <laughs> that's Shakespeare's a Midsummer Night's Dream. Um the the other characters are much like you feel like the show is happening to you, the universe is kind of happening to them. Mm, yeah. That's, that's I almost a good feel like you're almost on a level level playing field with them in, in a weird way. Yes. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm sorry I interrupted. It's, no, it's, no, it's that's such a so weird storyline to talk about and, and discuss. It's, um, but it's cool, <laughs> it, right? Very, very cool. Um, so as Billy's describing, or as he put it, there's there's kind of two levels, two classes to the the characters. The upper class of characters, uh, the O guy, he's wearing a black vest uh, with a skull in the center, and then kind of, I mean, I don't mean this in an insulting way, but it's a skirt. And it's uh, black and gray, horizontal or chevron stripes. Um, Helia is wearing a gold dress with some kind of gold headpiece that she's wearing that kind of looks like stars. Yeah, very, very celestial. Yeah. Um, Her overall appearance, not just the accessories. Agreed. Agreed. And then um, Luna is has a kind of counterpart outfit to Helia's that is done in silver. Uh, she's got braces on her arms that have the phases of the moon. Uh, going through it. I thought that was an outstanding mm-hmm. detail. Um, and then she also has a kind of crown that she yeah. wears that is has more of the, the moon motif. And then when you look at the the other uh, characters, um, they're, they're all wearing um, not, uh, not straight cut. You know, um, I, I don't want to say... Uh, I don't want to say scraps, you know, but uh, very, very earthy, very organic kind mm-hmm. of uh, the way that the the garments are, are, are draped on over around them. Uh, some of the some of the characters are certainly wearing uh, a lot more clothing than others. Yeah, <laughs> um, a couple of the male male characters aren't uh, aren't shirted uh, to the performance. Right, that's true. Yeah, um, and uh, everything's very uh, flowy, light colors, uh, beiges. Um, off whites in a lot of cases, and also may, maybe some greens in there. It's a little hard to tell because the lighting, as all of this is going on around you, is changing through several different colors as well, which makes it—I don't want to say disorientating, but it's. It, uh, if you ask me to to paint any of those costumes right now, I, I would probably get the colors very wrong as I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> well, that's funny because you did, I don't know that you mentioned like browns and olive greens and tans, which I thought was a major component of the colors of the kind of Bloom, Flick, Loy, Koi, Zoom group. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like Geo and Lara had s- clothing done in a similar manner, but it was white. Ah, okay. Yeah. Fair because enough. they're, they're I think they're of the same kind that the others are, but they're more like, a couple there yeah. to be identified as with one another with one another yeah. and uh we should also talk about when we're talking about costuming and then we'll you know we will get into kind of the the scene overall but i think it's important to be able to picture the individuals yes as, as we're discussing this um i would say that most of the characters had in some way 
interesting hair. And what I mean yeah. is <laughs> um, some of them may have just had in um, not even extensions, but like um, like sewn in um, really light color uh, dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, several of the characters had unique hair, like um, like the performers themselves had yeah. rather unique hair. Just like you know, Zoom. uh, Zoom's yeah, hair exactly. was just pretty crazy, curly, kinky. It reminded yeah, me of well, uh, pretty wild. Was it uh, Young Einstein? What was that movie oh, yeah. in the eighties? Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, kind of a light switch incident. <laughs> yes, especially when he pulled it up onto the top of his head. Yes, yeah. um, and then and then a couple of the characters had were just had shaved heads. Yeah, uh, wit one of them, mm-hmm. and then the O guy both that were were Correct. were bald. Yeah. Um, so so hopefully that now you can picture a little bit the the different as you said sort of classes. Mm-hmm. Of the characters, um, a little bit of what they were wearing, a lot of a lot of um, little accessories for, for you know Rick. You talked about the the main characters, but the the fairies had um, because, like I said, the garments had very um, a very organic sort of feel. There there may have been other sections of um, of rope or twine and and just other things mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on there. So uh, a lot of different textures, I yeah. would say, is the the way to, to to maybe summarize that. There were a lot of layers and textures going on. And that was important as, when you picture the way that uh, these characters, as they're interacting with you, as they're going through clearly, um, I don't mean clearly rehearsed in a negative way, but uh, clearly rehearsed parts that are going along with the music and even lyrics in some of the, the songs that are that are involved. Uh, but the the clothing works well with their movements mm-hmm. and the the way they go about. This is not a choreographed dance show at all. There are <laughs> there there are certain elements, uh, but you know this is not uh, what you'd see at a mashup. Um, no, no, it's not like a like a theater production like that uh, at all. Uh, Costume wise, also when Bloom transforms into the serpent, mm-hmm. she wears uh, a red bodysuit. That has like a serpentine pattern yep. on it, uh, and oh, and you said that they have like some accessories. So Zoom is also a juggler. Yes. Uh, Flit uh, sometimes carries like a gymnastics ribbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loy carries a big white fan. I forgot about the fan. Yeah, and uh, I think that I think that's it in terms of the accessories. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think that that hits all of them. Oh. Um, and and. Again, those accessories all go to the movement, right? So not choreographed dancing for the most part, but um, picture um, not interpretive dance, but I would say interpretive action. <laughs> right. Uh, I, it's hard to categorize this as dance as much as it's movement. Yeah. I mean, these people are clearly dancers. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, in terms of their their coordination, their fitness, their ability to sync with each other, not even with the same movements when I say sync, but coordinated yeah. um, movements. Uh, and just as the the costumes in some cases are very flowy, so so is the way that they move move about. Uh, even even when they're running, so sometimes yeah, it's going along somewhat with music and acting out certain gestures. At some points, they might even just be sprinting from place to place, and still you can tell there there's a lot of thought put into exactly the the gate and exactly how mm. you know you the, the, they might reach out to you in in part in the performances as they uh as they also lock eyes with you which is a really interesting yeah. way of engaging the audience <laughs> um but even even in even in eye and head movement i would say there is a it flows it's i in my head, and describing this sounds even stranger every time I every time I, I add <laughs> yeah, d- detail right. here. But uh, it's as if imagine you're in an illustrated um, world, an animated world rather, and you're in a forest, and wind is blowing leaves around, and and maybe maybe you can even in some way visualize the wind with you know there's a, a mist in the air or something like that, and the way that everything moves with the wind is the way that the performers move. Um, you know, it, and that gets us, I think, into um, how the space is even built uh, in Eden. And, and there will be pictures, we'll, we'll link to a, a whole bunch of pictures of both performances and the venue, uh, how the venue is built, the space is built to allow for some of that movement with uh, with some things that allow for, for different acrobatics. Yeah. 
and um, the they have uh, is like a, a sort of a skeleton of a moon, we'll say. Yeah, like a frame. Yeah, a frame. Moon. There yeah. you go. Thank you. Um, where they're spinning and doing all sorts of things that would put me in the hospital after trying for only a brief moment. Yeah, pretty um, impressive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and w- now, Rick, would you say you you were talking about the storyline before? Would you say that you felt as if um, the the acrobatics, which weren't always uh, in, in the air, sometimes it was just, uh, we'll say almost contortionist, not quite, but yeah. this sort of thing. Um, would you say that uh, that was incidental to the storyline or that you, did you feel that was integral? I don't know that there's a right answer. I'm just curious how you interpreted. Oh, I, I see it as integral. Uh, they're especially the parts when uh, Geo and uh, Lara or, or Tara uh, are interacting on the performance platform uh, doing their, I mean, I don't know what to call it, feats of strength. Uh, when yeah. he's lifting her around, when she's lifting him around. Um, I think that was part of the story in that moment. Yes. Uh, and also there's a time where she is alone on the performance platform. I think she's just engaged with the serpent. And then that I think that's when she stands on her head. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> there, there's a lot of head standing. Standing on, she stood on her own head. The, uh, he, he stood, st- on, her he head. stood on her head. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was remarkable. So, so the, these uh, these performers, they also do some singing throughout the performance, and that's kind of interesting because. You go from a situation where there are times that, along with the music, and I know you want to talk about the music uh, in a moment, mm. um, they go from singing along to or, or with the music to then talking and interacting with the audience. And it, it's rather odd because, it, you know, and I think if, if I think more traditional theater, I think, well, they're singing out the storyline and that is as far as that goes. And if they're not singing, then they're talking out the storyline. Mm-hmm. It never, um, there is no fourth wall to break in this show. It oh, doesn't wow. exist. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> way, uh, in, way to encapsulate this. Yeah, that's great. Um, but, and the, some of the music that, that both in the background and what they were singing to and, and things that were sampled within the music too, yes. like, um, uh, there were, I'm trying to remember now, was there some stuff from Alice in Wonderland there? There was, yeah, it was either Alice in Wonderland, maybe, uh, maybe some Tinkerbell stuff. Yeah, there, yeah. it was really incredible. But, uh, you, you picked out a couple of things in terms of the music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, oh, let, let me say about the singing, since this is such a multifunctional and, uh, I mean, it's not a stage really. Singing goes on all over the place. So one of the people who sings could be, on a stair landing or at a, at the back of the space on a ramp or in the central uh, performance platform. Yeah. There's not a, a natural focal point. Right. Um, There are foci. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There, when you, when you look at the pictures uh, again, that we'll link in the show notes, you'll see that Eden as a venue, and we have some videos we're walking around as well to try and make it a little easier has, Man, while it's across, I guess, two or three decks, it three. really, yeah. it probably has, what do you think, six or seven different levels, plus it, the ramps. I mean, and it's almost impossible. Coves, to yeah. It's... Yeah, because the, like, there's a staircase between two of the levels may have four landings that mm-hmm. are also kind of conversation groupings that may have a view of the central show area, may have a view out of the back window, uh, the huge like back wall of glass of the Eden space. So hard to say how many, you know, how many levels it's and on. And sometimes things are happening on multiple levels at the same time. Because, yes. for example, people downstairs enjoying uh, the, the dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot what, uh, what do they call the, the actual dinner at Eden? I think they just call it Eden go with that um there they have a different perspective so i thought it was very cool that at no point if you're down there are you missing out on anything that's happening above or vice versa because a lot of it is happening in multiple places at once agreed 
Um, so that that was neat. Uh, sorry, music. We got. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Back. That's uh, that's fine. Yeah. Well, the, we set the stage for the singing. One of the songs that caught uh, caught. I was. I usually use the phrase "caught my eye," but I'll say "caught my ear." Uh, this time was Pink Floyd's "Great Gig in the Sky" from Dark Side of the Moon. That's a not lyrical song. Mm-hmm. So it's a song with just. Uh, well, it's one of the two songs uh, in the Pink Floyd catalog that is not sung by a member of Pink Floyd. Uh, it's sung by a, a female vocalist from outside the band. Uh, and the Luna character performs this while the serpent and someone else, maybe it's the female lover, maybe it's Wit. No, it's, I think it's the serpent and the female lover or doing some kind of coordinated aerial gymnastics on the wireframe mm-hmm. of, the, of the moon. And then after that, Wit goes and sits on the, sits on the moon and just yes. kind of hangs out uh, there. But yeah, I mean the the actress who who sang, who sang the the version of Pink Floyd's "Great Kick in the Sky" did an excellent job, uh, well integrated into the show, and really created a moment that for me was a, a highlight. It was um, like a lot of this, as you can tell. <laughs> it is themed, and yet defining the theme is nearly impossible. Um, and the music I thought was very much the same. I mean the. I wish I would have taken notes, and maybe it, uh, I'll be back in January on the ship. And I may take notes just to start listing some of the songs that were were, were folded in, um, because it was all over the place, and yet at no point was there a transition that was confusing or startling, jarring in any way. Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, really well done. It went in and out of different things with, uh, with a lot of um, a deft hand. Yes, and we actually spoke with one of the performers uh, just last night, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, uh, uh, was it Carly? Carly. Car- yeah. And she was discussing that when they were initially rehearsing the show and, and um, the some of the people involved with selecting and, and composing the show would just hang on, stop, and then add in something else or change something, and then start again and see how it goes. So it was it was not like somebody got a CD and said, okay, practice the show around this. <laughs> right. Um, it seemed as though the the show elements came together as organically as the um, as the performance itself. Yeah, the show evolved as evolved, yes. As it was being played out and kind of I guess the ideas played with and discovered by the production team. Uh, so the, the, a part that I guess we've alluded to is the audience involvement. Um, there was an occasion where uh, Flit was running around and she made a lot of eye contact with me and she, uh, throughout the night, she was kind of hanging out in our, in our area near the bar and uh, she brought out like a gymnastics ribbon and she started playing with that, making the circles on the ground and the circles through the air. And she brought me out and had me play with the gymnastics ribbon and then she grabbed two other people and put us in a little corner to hang out until she was ready to run a full lap around the space at a sprint and she got us to follow her and i don't exercise so that was kind of tough for me but it was really (laughs) fun to just suddenly we were all running around the the space uh up up the staircase down a ramp down another staircase then back to the central performance area where other people other edenists had gathered uh audience members out to this to circle the central platform and we're and uh the o guy is in the middle kind of directing us to do somewhat of the wave while we're manipulating an energy ball it was a uh i would say it was a combination of the wave and when you're at a show and they they try and get the audience to like vote on something or like hey which side of the house can make the most noise (laughs) yes (laughs) but no corniness to it no No not at all right um and then once uh, the O character departed the stage, they pulled an audience member, none other than CruiseHabit.com's own Billy Hirsch, into the center. And we all kind of still did the dancing energy ball thing around him, um, reaching a crescendo. And then I heard—I didn't observe this, but I heard you did a somersault off the platform. So, so I'm watching the show, <laughs> enjoying. I don't know what I'm seeing. 
And I don't think that was unique to me. I think most people in would agree. They said, I don't know what this is, but I like it. I think some mm. of the performers would even tell you that, in fact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it, zero to 60, all of a sudden, I don't know. I was in the middle of the little stage thing that they had. And everyone was gathered around, like, drumming on the stage. Both yes, performers yes, and, yes. and you and, and mm-hmm. other, other uh, guests. I really wasn't sure what to do. All the lights were on me. It was very strange. So then I think I, I started uh, like jumping in sync with the music because I kind of detected that the music was going to reach a crescendo and then drop. Mm, yeah. So I kept jumping higher. And then when it stopped, I just fell to the ground in the middle and was shocked I didn't fracture my pelvis and then uh, somersaulted off. Oh, all right. It was weird. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say all of that. I'm not, I'm not usually a big audience participation person. I, mean, I, I, I used to work in theater. I, I love theater and stuff like that. But I'm usually just, I'm happiest just watching. I think what made this kind of cool, you, you said wasn't, uh, I forgot whether you used the word corny or hokey. Corny, yeah. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And it made it so that you really, you felt like you had... I said, I, I, I didn't know what was going on, and it felt like the performers didn't either. Not in a bad way. Like, they clearly knew what they were doing, but um, yeah. it was just the, the, the ambiance and the feeling. It made it so that audience participation, well, you could absolutely, no one was obligated. If you didn't want to be bothered, they weren't going to bother you. Um, they were very, very good, I think, about picking out people that, that mm-hmm. were going to want to be picked out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, there were, there were, you couldn't do it wrong. Right, <laughs> right. There wasn't a script to follow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that made it uh, that made it pretty cool, and uh, and I think we have great pictures of Rick uh, with the uh, gymnastics ribbon, by the way. <laughs> Which did you notice? We're talking about colors. The ribbon was bright orange. Yeah, it really stood out in the UV and light. it was the only thing in that color. In, yes. in the entire room. Yeah, yeah. That uh, was kind of kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Um, so <laughs> well, you said the only color in the room. The colors of the room are really like. Very green. It's the garden. It's it's Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's plant material everywhere. Uh, the Flowers, purples, fl- uh, purples. Yeah. Um, the 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 metal wall panels are green, also mm-hmm. with green behind it. A lot of the furniture is green, uh, purple. Uh, another motif that comes out a lot is the hexagon. There are kind of cream hexagonal tiles on the wall. Some of them are have a angular concavity to them some of them have a some seem to stick out yeah, yeah. they all they like, like not like just that. convex or con- like but even are set out from the wall i think some of them possibly oh that could that could be uh so i wanted to match my shirt to the venue and i have this uh blue uh batik print shirt navy with that's in hex uh in hexagons uh printed onto a seersucker one of my favorite shirts so i wore this to the venue and I, no one said anything. So I don't think anyone <laughs> got that. I was like, no, no, I'm coordinated. Uh, but the second night I was just wearing some, uh, like, you know, it was not a Hawaiian shirt, but a shirt with a floral pattern on it. And Zoom, one of the, one of the Edenists came over. He's like, oh, your shirt has flowers on it. Have you shown bloom? I was like, uh, no, but I, I will. I'll go. Yeah, so I will that, be wearing a burlap tunic. Uh, in January to see uh, to see what the commentary is. <laughs> You're gonna do a lot more than audience participation, though. <laughs> First of all, I have to decide which burlap tunic, tunic I'm gonna wear. I have so many in the closet. Getting a gymnastics routine ready? Yes, <laughs> that will be expected, right? You're, uh, you're gonna hurt. Talk about the medical facilities on board. <laughs> say, there's a, more than two or three things pulled. I think. <laughs> Um, so what else do we want to say about the venue? Oh, we discussed the, how many little conversation groupings there were throughout the uh, throughout the different landings and mm-hmm. on the ramp. Like there was this one place on the backside of the ramp that had these two hanging chairs that were made of like jelly bracelet material, mm-hmm. like rope that yeah. was kind of woven in some way to, to make a chair. Which turned out to be really comfortable. I think there were probably like eight different chair designs. They even had uh, some of those type uh, outside as well. There's a little outside area uh, for Eden. And I'll tell you, all the things that we're talking about, as as we discussed the different um, levels, the um, sort of um, coves or enclaves, the... Mm. (laughs) 
the the outdoor area and of course there's we haven't even talked about the eden bar and eden cafe all of these spaces make it so that it's a fantastic venue even when the shows aren't going on uh we hung out there for hours on the last day while there was nothing i mean there was neat ambient music but there was nothing really going on occasionally you'd have uh as i called them roaming edenists mm-hmm. uh, that would come through but that was just sort of a, a sprinkling and and the venue is fantastic if you if the shows never existed and that would make me sad because i love loved it um it would be a fantastic venue because you can have different sized groups you can have conversations without feeling like you're bothering other people um you know there's food in a bar yeah and you can go back <laughs> so many times and sit somewhere different yes, get a different perspective of yes. the space and sometimes you'll see a lot of the the walls and the decoration and then sometimes the view is out this enormous wall of windows on the back of the, of the back yeah of the, the the windows uh and i'm not the first person to mention this everyone's been making this comparison if you've seen 270 on quantum class ships royal caribbean's quantum class ships uh, it has a similar feel the the, the windows do i don't mm. think the space in general does but a lot of people draw that comparison just because you have a roughly 270 degree view yeah. Um, with these giant windows spanning several decks, and then they're angled up at the top so that you almost have like a, a windowed roof. Yeah, it starts sorts. to be kind of a dome, and there's like a dome. Yeah. Char- it's not a dome, but there's a dome character to right. it. Right. Yeah. Um, very, very cool. I loved that space. Great sunsets from there. Oh, uh, I bet. As well. Um, but I, I think we, we should make sure because we talked about the show for a while because it's so freaking hard to describe <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, well, I, I wanted to transition to bar but I will say actually yeah. one last thing before yeah, sure. I, I don't want to forget um, if you're listening to this and you go eh, I don't know if that is for me listen nothing is for everyone as far as the show goes nothing's for everyone right but I observed multiple nights that were hanging out there people of different uh, generations different demographics talking about how they thought the show was for someone else. They didn't understand, so they thought it was for someone else. But they said that while enjoying the hell out of the show, it seemed. (laughs) Yes. So I think if you're looking to, if you're saying, oh, I'm trying to understand what's happening here, and I don't, so that must mean it's for somebody else. No, 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 no. (laughs) If you're enjoying it, either enjoying participating or just enjoying watching from a distance, just enjoying the music as you sip a, a drink. If you're enjoying it in any way, it's for you. That's, I think that's the way that they have to look at this, the performance part of it. Uh, so I, I wanted to make sure that, uh, that I got that out there because I know uh, even in the brief period of time it's been out, a lot of people, uh, people on the internet, huh, there's right. somebody wrong on the internet, Rick. I got to go. Right. Oh. Um, <laughs> There have been, I guess there's been mixed reviews as there are to, to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, don't try and answer it. It's just, if you enjoy it, then it's for you. And that's, you know, you don't need to, to pigeonhole this. Great. And it, yes. And if, if it, you decide it's not for you, many other terrific venues on the show. Yes. All right. All of which we talk about on uh, a different on, episode. Yes. <laughs> and, and the live blog. So one of the things you mentioned that is a way to enjoy the space of Eden is to go to the bar. Uh, the bar has a terrifically inventive menu drinks i've never seen before ingredients that i hadn't heard of before yes that's uh well i'll mention ravina from jamaica who uh, is one of the people who came over from the reflection she's apparently in in charge of all the syrups and all the the mixes and stuff and boy she's she's knocking out of the park yeah so even the mixes are handmade yeah so when you look at the menu uh, don't go, well, I don't want something that's, you know, got syrups that are, you know, they're just pouring something into a bottle. No, no, no. It is, these are drinks that are a meal. I don't mean because they're heavy. I mean, because, you know, many different types of ingredients coming together to make something greater than the sum of their parts. I'm not a big mixed drink person, mixed drink person, yeah. but, um, really some fantastic ones. And yeah. a, a couple of the, the ones that we tried, uh, and the first one, I'm going to go ahead and call this out. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So. There's one. It's called P P E A. I don't know who its celebrity was like. Yeah, everyone's gonna want to drink P. Um, it's weird that they called the drink uh, P E A. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but that was actually one of my favorite drinks. It, that drink was delicious. I had several of those. I um, later found there. out. I didn't even look at what was in it because mm-hmm. we just we started ordering all of the drinks in Eden yeah. uh, to try them out. Uh, there's gin in there. I hate gin. 
Didn't even notice. Uh, I that mirrors my experience completely. Uh, I really dislike Jen. Your wife loves Jen. I do not. She had a different Jen cocktail at one point in the night. I took a sip and uh. wanted to retch. <laughs> uh, and, but but yeah, the the pea. Oh, one of the other ingredients, olive oil. There are there are drops of olive, oil. and I'm not sure if it's a, an ingredient like uh, or a, a garnish. Um, I'd really have to go back and watch how it's how it's made. There, are, I, and I think two different bartenders made it slightly differently, so they may be. It, it's so hard out. to keep track because you're watching them make this drink, and it, they're just grabbing all sorts of random, different shaped bottles and pulling wood chips out of things and running them through machines and doing all sorts. And you have no idea what's going on. And then you get a drink that's amazing. Yep. And that's so. So there was the, pee. Oh, good. Oh, the, oh, I was gonna say the second drink I really liked was fig. Yeah, that one was terrific. That's a that was a bourbon drink, I think. Uh there and, there is bourbon in there. Yep. Yeah. Um, just just delicious. Um, uh, really well balanced, sw- sweet but not too sweet, but not really sweet in a fruity way at all. Like, because I think the sweetness came from beets and carrots, maybe or something. Uh, yeah, uh, the beets definitely beets. Yeah. You could tell by the color alone, right? Um. Uh, Fig was about the sweetest I want a drink to be. I'm not mm. big into sweet drinks. Um, it was about as sweet as I'd want one to be. And then, because uh, another one that we had was uh, Pina. And that was, uh, it tasted good. It was a little too sweet for me. Mm, okay. That one. Now, I'm, I'm, I saw Larissa I'm one ordering extreme. that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> there was one that I think all three of us tasted and said, eh, not so much. Right. And that, that was, was earth. Earth. It was, uh, it had some kind of what, cherry bitters or celery bitters or something like that? Ce- uh, yes, yeah, celery bitters. Which okay. Yeah. That's, I don't usually keep those in the house. Uh, that was, <laughs> I mean, it, it just pushed the drink to a, a too bitter place. And and hey, well, hopefully there are people that love it. Great. Yes. Uh, but it was nice. I, I, I'm glad that it was there, frankly, because... There are a wide range. A lot of time you go to bars and, oh, we have all these specialty mixed drinks and they're just all different types of sweet. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like that there was variety. Uh, one last one that might have been my favorite, Garden. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Garden. There, are, I think we have pictures of me drinking that. I think so. Make sure we get some in the uh, show notes. That was a good drink. That, it, it has, uh, there were sprigs of rosemary and what else? Time. Time. Parsley, Maybe. sage, rosemary. I was gonna say sage might be. Um, we owe someone money now. But there, there were yeah, <laughs> there were uh, several um, several sprigs of herbs and, and such in there, which is why it was called garden, mm-hmm. uh, I suppose. the The flavor of the drink, I have no recollection what was in it because it, I couldn't pick out any particular flavor. Again, better than the sum of its parts, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, but the sprigs made it so that every time I took a drink, it smelled like Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> This is the one that's served in the kind of rounded bottom glass with the square ice yes. cube in it? Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, there's another one, uh, the name that escapes me at the moment, that I think Lar- Larissa liked that was Mezcal and something else. Do you recall what its name was? I don't recall the name. That's the one that came in a box. Yes? No. No. The, there's the one, one that comes, comes in a box. box is, that's Velt. Ah, like V-E-L- yes. V-E-L-D-T. Um, I think it, the, the short version here is if you... Um, as far as these cocktails in particular, if you go to Eden, when you go to Eden, because you better go to Eden. Yeah. Um, if you have the drink package, you need to try every single one. Some of them are completely covered by the package. Um, the premium drink package with Celebrity, as of this recording, covers drinks up to, I believe, $15 each. Okay, yeah. Um, some of them are at or below 15 A couple of them are a little bit more. So, you know, if there's one that's 17 you pay two bucks, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Um, and it's well worth it. I think the most expensive one was 20, so you pay five. Okay. Um, I think Fig was 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's three dollars, three dollars, yeah, three dollar and change surcharge, but totally try, worth try it. them all. Yeah, totally you, 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 you got it. They were really even the ones that I didn't like, I was glad I tried, like Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, the bar and, and they have regular, you can order other things too with the bar. They had a wide selection of other spirits, um, and and, and wine and and uh, and beer. So, you know, you're not obligated to uh, do any of this if you just want to go and have whatever your favorite cocktail is. And the bar staff there, I mean, I, I, I had good service at all the bars on, on mm-hmm. edge. But Eden seemed to me um, where the uh, 
they put really bartenders that had a good knack for figuring out what you were going to like. Because there were several times that uh, Marius, uh, one of the other bartenders in Eden, he, he would just come up with things. And one time it was just, he took a, a particular scotch, a monkey shoulder, and he smoked it. Um, he, they had a, a machine with some, uh, that they could put wood chips in and, and smoke it, and he infused it with smoke. And because of, he knows I like peaty scotches. Mm. And, and that was great. So great bar staff. Uh, over there uh, and there are there are servers roaming the area as well so all yeah. those little nooks and crannies you can get a drink anywhere very easily um so yeah that, uh daniel cool. is one of the uh cocktail waiters mm. uh there and he was he was really good to us when that when we weren't sitting right mm-hmm. at the bar um the there's also a restaurant. Well, I, we talked the restaurant. I want to, sorry, the cafe. I want to mention real quick, just because that's mm, a little quicker sure. and less experiential. Um, in the kind of the back of Eden, there is the Eden Cafe, and they have. You know, I didn't see what they had for breakfast. Oh, I've got a picture of the menu. Oh, so yeah. perfect. We'll, we'll have that up on for, the website for lunch. They've got uh, a, a number of different types of sandwiches and wraps. Um, that many of which were maybe a little bit creative, not something you m- might, you know, find every day at a local sandwich shop, but nothing outrageous. Nothing you go, oh, what is this? Yeah. Um, I had a great, uh, like a cauliflower and squash mm-hmm. sandwich. I they, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, not, um, what, I don't like want to tur- say light like turkey fare. Turkey Reuben? Yep. Yeah. I don't want to really say it was good. light fare, but it wasn't, uh, you know, you weren't going for like a multi-course meal. It was a great place to grab a sandwich, you know, made to order, might take, four minutes or something, yeah. you know, five minutes to get your sandwich. Uh, and there's a nice little seating area. And that's another place that has outdoor seating as well with some tables. Yes. So it's a, a good spot there. And I think they had coffee over there as well. Yeah, uh, coffee, soup, salads, uh, like cookies, and desserts, cupcakes, yeah. desserts. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed uh, Eden Cafe. We, we only really ate there once, but I enjoyed that it was there. And I think on a longer sailing, uh, I'll probably end up snacking there a lot. Yeah. Oh, that and- way I can keep trying the cocktails. Uh, and that uh, that venue is complimentary. Yes, for, at both breakfast and lunch. Yes, thank you for for mentioning that. So the the restaurant. Now I did not dine in the the restaurant. It sounds funny to say in the restaurant because it's all part of the same master space. You know, mm-hmm. there's um, but the the area where food is served is on a lower level, and kind of it's not so it's so difficult to describe. But uh, it it's if not you, that you dine in going- that restaurant. Yeah, it's if you weren't you, going to the restaurant, you wouldn't have a reason to be in there. But you can totally see it from wherever. Right, yeah. absolutely. You can see it from other parts. Um, and it's, uh, that is not complimentary. <laughs> no. Uh, no, that's a specialty restaurant that I believe at the moment is either 55 or $65 uh, a head. So I didn't um, try that out this sailing. Yeah. I'm going to try that out in January. But Rick and Jose went, and what were your thoughts? Uh, well, uh, um so the, the way the restaurant works, when you walk in, you're greeted by one of the Edenists. And in my case, I was greeted by Bloom. And uh, she told me the thing about the hand gesture and um, the name and all of that. Uh, and then I w- we were escorted uh, th- alongside the open kitchen. Uh, and that's where I met Loy at the second station. And she offered me a cocktail. Uh, I don't know if I was supposed to sip it or if it was a shot. I... I drank it as a shot. Uh, I'm not a shot person, but if someone hands me that amount of liquor, I, th- I think that's what it okay. is. I think it's a shot. Um, and then we were seated. At, the way the menu works is it's uh, five courses. You have two options at, at each course, and I'm sure they can work with you if you don't really like either of them. Uh, one of the kind of neat little effects is there's no silverware on the table because the table has a drawer that has your napkin and silverware in huh. it. Yeah. Uh, the only problem with that is uh, I had to play who's uh, daddy fork, who's mama fork, who's baby fork in order to know which one to use <laughs> with which course. But that was that was fine. Um, and also there's a there's a different assortment of knives based on which course, and there's no they're just kind of all in one. Thing. Are, are they is are the the, um, the silverware quote unquote normal? Silverware? No, it's distinct. Okay, yeah, it's distinct from the rest of the ship. Do, do you get to keep those? No. Oh. <laughs> no. Well, I'll return them in January then. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, let's see. 
uh, I think to go more in depth with uh, the the meal, I'm waiting for Jose's photos because he took a lot of uh, photos of the meal. So I think look for an article to be on cruisehabit.com uh, shortly uh, that goes more in depth about about the food in general. I was pretty pleased with it. A lot of stuff that was uh, inventive. Um, and while you are in the restaurant area, uh, many of the seats afford a view of the show. And in in every area, an, an Edenist is going to come by and do some kind of performance thing. So like one of the guys came by and played didgeridoo for a little bit. And then uh, the O character kind of walked through and he doesn't talk to anybody. But um, yeah, it was... Uh, it it was good. It was good uh, restaurant. The food was good. Yeah. Um, Sixty five is pretty steep for for us. Uh, we had the onboard credit. Mm. Um, it was one of the four perks. So yeah, I had I had money to spend. Uh, on a seven night cruise though, yeah, you might uh, you might get used to uh, get used to the main dining room. Or if you're a, a repeat celebrity cruiser and you've had the main dining room food before worth checking out that's for sure i should note that if you're used to cruising um contemporary lines mcl royal caribbean uh, carnival you'll find that celebrity has more expensive specialty dining in general yes um but uh you know it, it sounds like you you enjoyed it you, you feel like you got your money's worth out yeah. of it Yes. Um, and, oh, and uh, you mentioned there are two different menus. I know I just because I overheard another guest talking about this, and it's something that we'll check out in January. They also have an alternative vegetarian menu. Oh, excellent. Okay. In Eden. So. Uh, oh, I'll say one of the kind of cool things. Uh, they it's uh, five five courses uh, along with the anamuz served first. One of them was some kind of like hazelnut flavored pillow that was kind of interesting to eat, served on on pumpkin seeds. Uh, the other one was this cracker that was flavored with powdered kimchi. And, um, Mm. then the way the powder, the way the cracker bakes, it kind of makes a curl and then has some like bubbliness to it. So it almost looks like you're eating octopus tentacles. Uh, I heard somebody discussing that and I didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah, this was when the captains and hotel directors were all like sitting in the, um, sitting in the restaurant and getting it it Mm -hmm. reviewed, uh, getting kind of an Mm -hmm. an overview of it from, from someone who works there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I kind of knew that I was going to get something that looked like an octopus tentacle, but, and was made with kimchi. And that was, uh, that was really good. One piece was like, oh my goodness, this is a lot of kimchi and a couple others were not at all. So there's a little inconsistency there, but a really inventive dish. Um, another thing that we had was, oh, there's a chocolate globe. Like, do you remember the world, uh, from Wonderland that, that dessert at Wonderland? It's like the chocolate globe. And they put something in it, and then they pour a hot sauce I've, on top. I've seen videos. Okay. Uh, when I've been to Wonderland, I didn't have it because I think that has peanuts. And That's probably I true. I find peanuts revolting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they, they do something similar, but this one done with white chocolate and a chocolate sauce um, where it kind of opens up and there's a passion fruit gel or something like huh. that inside. That was, that was yeah, good, too. Yeah, when I've seen uh, videos and pictures of the meal, it, much like the show is an experience, and I say it happens to you, it seems, tell me if I'm wrong, it seems like the meal is kind of like that as well. It, there is certainly an aspect of, of that uh, to it. Um, one of the other things that's kind of um, gives the meal a kinetic energy is there's a dish that's brought out and then uh, the server takes uh, some chopsticks and puts some bonito flakes on there, which is a Japanese mm-hmm. um, like soup ingredient. Um and because of the heat from the dish and the moisture, now the bonita flakes start to curl and uncurl ah. and like flex. Uh, that was kind of weird, but, but but pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, I'm jealous. I look forward to uh, to checking checking out the meal. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that that about covers the uh, the the primary elements. You know, to I guess if I if I was going to summarize Eden, I'd say that don't take anything we've talked about. And say Eden is that because Eden could be anything depending on what you want. You could find a quiet quarter, corner of Eden to take a nap in. You could go there for a quick light lunch mm-hmm. or breakfast. You could go there for a really nice meal. You could go for a show that you get involved with or you could go to watch. 
or you could just go have some cocktails, your favorite cocktail, or something that you've never had before, that you've never heard of before, that isn't available elsewhere. Um, so it's that's why we did an episode on this, because it's so many things. I, I think that recap is excellent. The uh, it is It is so many things, is a great way to put it. So again, make sure for the rest of Celebrity Edge, you check out episode nine as, uh, of the Cruise Habit podcast. And of course, the live blog that, uh, that we have from our Celebrity Edge sailing. And then I'm going to be back uh, without Rick, which makes me sad, yeah. on uh, January 13th for one week. He just looked at me like, why are you going to be sad? No, <laughs> no, I'm like, like cruising with you. Well, <laughs> no, it like, makes you sad. You're the one that's going to be on the ship. How do you think I feel? <laughs> that's true. I didn't think about the fact well, that you'll have to be hanging out not with me. That must be terrible in and of itself. Way to empathize, pal. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, yeah, Billy is going to be back January 13th, and he's going to get to enjoy the ship for seven days. Uh, Eden, uh, uh as part of that experience and get to spend more time with Marius and Ravina and keep checking out the menu and trying new things and, and seeing how the entertainment may evolve as it goes on from a, a three night experience to a seven night experience. Yeah, that certainly that, is a question that's, that has yet to be answered. Really? Cause I mean, if they did the same show each time, I think it's weird enough that it would be okay, mm. <laughs> but for all I know, they could have a totally different storyline. That's something maybe we should have asked, you know, when we were talking to a couple yeah. of the performers. Because they enjoy yeah. talking about the production. Yes. Um, I think they really have a good time with it. And, and, and that <laughs> that uh, you can see that. But uh, we'll definitely give you the full report then because Eden, as Larissa and I discovered, that's that's our home base on, on Celebrity Edge. All, all the venues are great, really. I truly mean, but that's that's home. So we'll be checking that out and uh, look forward to questions that you guys may have about Eden. Um, you know, please reach out, uh, review the the pictures and whatnot that we're going to link to as well. But uh, it's tricky to to talk about. So if you have questions, we'll do our best yeah. to answer them. Maybe through interpretive dance. I'll, I'll bring we'll in read them on the air. I'll bring in gymnastics ribbon, um, but I don't think either one of us could support the weight of the other on our head. So that one is out. Yeah. Oh. But yes, if you've got a question about Eden, uh, send us an email, podcast at cruisehabit.com. And if if and when you are on Celebrity Edge, um, Eden might be your home as well. Absolutely. We'd like to give a thank you to Basketball and Cross 2212, B. Robinson 767, DV Kid, Alex Kaufman, and Bolts Win 67 for their reviews uh, on iTunes. We're glad you like our podcast. However you're listening to our podcast, do us a favor and search Cruise Habit in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review there. If you don't use those, that's okay. Say nice things about us wherever you want. But uh, really, uh, it, it would mean the world to us if you would leave us a review. Uh, that helps us get the word out and, uh, and be sure you're subscribing as well. Yeah. And if you have questions for us, you can email us at podcast at cruisehabit.com and we'll see if we can get to that on a future episode. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Ron Hiller, also known as Big Dog Ron AZ on Periscope and Twitter and a good friend of cruisehabit.com. Hey, when you get the chance, follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And also subscribe to the Cruise Habit Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. Simply search Cruise Habit in the Periscope app to join the broadcast from ship and shore. They'd love to talk ship with you real soon.